I didn't come here to talk. Uh, you're the talker. You didn't come here to talk. What do you mean you didn't come here to talk? I came here for tacos. Is that not the show? It came it, here to chew bubblegum. It said tacos. And I was like, tacos about news. Tacos about tacos. news. All on Taco Monday. Time. Yeah, it's Taco Monday, right? It's actually Canadian Thanksgiving. So if you're Canadian, you're listening to this, go eat some turkey or maple. I don't really know what, what, what is do what they it, have. What a, like, do they have a chosen so uh, poultry of Canadian Turkey Day or Canadian Thanksgiving? Canadian Poultry Day. It has to be poultry. Oh, I mean, I guess it doesn't. I mean, do they eat ham? Or I mean, I guess you can't. I mean, just they better not. Honey glazed all ham. Canadian bacon. All, all Canadian, Canadian bacon day. All, all Canadian right. bacon. All all day. I mean, it sounds delicious. Honestly, I'm getting a little hungry just thinking about it. Oh man, did anything happen while last week? Did we get anything about the curl? Mm. <laughs> Don't curl Stuff. me, bro. Did did we? Did, you sound like a boomer. You're like. Did we get anything about the curl? <laughs> but what's the curl? What does that even mean? Are we there's talking a, about curl.sh or whatever? Curl. Yeah, there's a curl vulnerability. Bite. Oh, yeah? What happens? I prefer invoke web requests. No, I'm just kidding. How Perfect. dare you? <laughs> Power- All right, fine. I don't need Linux. I need PowerShell. I put PowerShell on Linux so I don't have to use curl. Mm. I, wa- no, I was bored, curl. so right, I wrote an RSS feed reader in PowerShell. And it was horrible. It was the worst thing. Did I've you ever have did. a time machine? I thought RSS has been dead for like years. Nah, it's, it's the dude. RSS, RSS, RSS coming is, back, especially with TweetDeck going out, dude. RSS screw algorithms. And... We're all RSS nowadays. Start.me. Have you ever been to that? They just look at RSS feeds and stuff. But uh, don't write RSS feeds in PowerShell. Just stick with one Python library, and it's a lot easier. Is <laughs> mm. it sounds like you set out to do a task that was intentionally difficult. Oh, after, right after I, I did all this, I realized that Outlook has an RSS feeder built into it. And I was like, bro, oh my <laughs> God, what was I thinking? But <laughs> it was all a right. fun pro- project. It's going to be a chill day. It's going to be super chill. John's not going to be here. He's eating kielbasa and pierogies. At least that was my speculation. <laughs> he's, he's preparing the barn. We don't actually know what he's eating, but. No, I think he's he, in He's Poland, not even in Deadwood why. yet. I was assuming he was eating Polish food if he's in Poland, but maybe he's just eating like Wendy's. They have Wendy's in Poland? <laughs> or Domino's. I think Domino's the is there? the most like global it's an Arby's. company. Globally consistent company. I hate Arby's. That's like my hot take. Like Arby's is trash. Oh, I, full, I, I agree. Arby's, Arby's is like... I don't understand how like the Midwest loves Arby's. It's anyway, the... this episode is sponsored no, by Arby's. Arby's. <laughs> Try the new beef, cheddar, and hacking sandwich. <laughs> Guaranteed to come with a lot of cheese. Are your networks looking like our curly fries? Contact the Arby's sock today. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have good tweets. Uh, at least we'll they used try to. your intruders. Hi, Joe Gray. Hello. How are you? I'm here. Are you talking to a brick wall? I'm always talking to a brick wall. If you have any rants, just spin around and we'll just put the camera and you can be talking to the brick wall. <laughs> oh, it's all good. <laughs> No, I, I think I'm rantless today. Um, we'll prove you wrong on that. Oh, yeah. oh trust we'll, me. I, we'll I, we'll I find the deepest rant you have within your heart and extract it. Trust What's your me. take on Arby's? I worked there for like two years, and oh, wow. I'll, I'll fight you over their fries. <laughs> good luck. Oh, my oh, God. They did have good curly fries. I remember that. And, uh, I mean, I remember um, th- there's nothing quite as good. With their curly fries. When I worked there, they still had the baked potatoes. 
And as a byproduct, we had sour cream. So fries fresh out of the fryer, smacked with sour cream, some of the beef and cheddar cheddar put on it. Chef's kiss. You're saying the the item that was off the menu, which is loaded fries, would be good Arby's option. Oh, that's always. Working at a restaurant, the my items that are off the menu are always the best. And then you get in trouble. That's just in and out. The entire menu is off the menu. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Roll roll, roll the finger. finger. Let's just get started. What could go wrong? I don't know. The finger's broken. We can't can't roll. Hello and welcome to Black Hills Information Security's Taco Tuesday News. Oh wait, no, it's actually Monday, October 9th, and we have our star-studded cast of characters, but without Mr. Strand. So, if you're here for Mr. Strand, you're going to you're going to need to go to a different continent. So, we have Shecky, Silicon Shecky. He's upgraded. He's now a 3 nanometer, better battery <laughs> life, lower heat. We have Wade, who's also upgraded with more mustache uh, for heat sinking. I assume that's what that's for, or is it for aerodynamics? Why not both? Yeah. True. <laughs> we have Ralph. He's bringing out the Oakley hat because he's actually sponsored by Oakley. When it gets sunny in his office, he knows where to go. That's true. And then we have uh, me, I guess. Yeah. And then we have Joe Gray, C3P Joe, who is not talking to a brick wall, but if he spins around, he would be. That is always correct. And speaking of aerodynamics, I would like to point out that the A in the word Volvo is for aerodynamics, just as the S in IoT is for security. Mm. Uh, I feel mm. like I okay. don't speak <laughs> Swedish, but uh, I'm just going to take that. We're going to take that question off the air. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I do OSINT. You should just trust me. Can we? Yeah, just out? trust him. He's teaching a class. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. It's not like I wrote a book about social engineering or anything either. So I, today, today's news. I mean, we got twenty-five-year-old RSA decryption flaws. We got X.org, which you use even if you don't think you do. We got X. you know hacktivists causing chaos, and this is really newsworthy. Ten cybersecurity misconfigurations revealed by CISA. I, I mean, honestly, spoiler alert: you probably know them all. That's just a huge, ten? <laughs> that's like a huge zero day, basically. Did, did, that's did crazy. Just, ten? Did ten, they, ten? Did they just learn about like um, passwords? Google hacking database and like oh, Google, Google ha- works to find them? That's way too advanced. Uh, I, I mean, let, let's take it on. Let, let's let's make that uh, our first no. article. Yeah, you, first you, hold on. Before you read it, do you guys want to go ahead and take some guesses? Yeah. Every Okay. Yeah. Before uh, I'm already looking at the list, so I will react accordingly if someone guesses. Do you do you want to go one by one, Joe? What do you think they are? You said Google dorking. <laughs> I think that's oh, considered way too advanced for this. Yeah. Well, no, I, I I will actually go on a limb with that one because, as some people may know, I taught a search engines course uh, during B sides Orlando this last Friday, and uh, one of the things we do is we dork for misconfigurations, specifically like I I don't go too hard with it, but uh, we'll say WordPress. Um, that one's pretty easy to find. Would you call that default configurations, Corey? I think I would. 
Like if, they, if, if you're able yeah. to dort stuff and maybe or improper separation. No. I okay, mean, you're clearly just reading the list. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. I read the list when yeah. it came out. All right. Okay. I'm the Mike, one. Who Mike, this. did you like, read the list? Who has read the I, list? I did read the list and Damn it. The reason why I read the list was it was exactly what I figured it was going to yeah. be, which yeah. is perfect to hand off as a political battle internally with execs over why you need to go ahead and do certain uh, things. So <laughs> so I will actually I point you. out specifically the one that uh, my students found. Uh, change or disable vendor supplied default usernames, password services, software, and equipment. Uh, it was a specific uh, directory that you can look for in uh, some WordPress things, you find all of the stuff for the public and private key for the admin user, for the database, the database prefix, the whole nine yards. That would be poor credential hygiene. I'll take that on. You're, you got number nine. Good job. Well, I mean, it's okay, also they, default that's a, configuration. That's a configuration, though, because they didn't guess a credential, though. If, yeah, really, but it's if you're purchasing, <laughs> if you're purchasing you something you from both. a vendor, optimally, it should have all 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a weakness. For, for some of the dorks that we did associated with Solar Winds, we also found some uh, use of unsupported OSs because there's a dork you can put together that actually um, revolves around the fact that uh, some Solar Winds products hard code their version number into the HTML. And if you do an in text dork for specific version, you're going to find some poor operating system and patch management as well. So do you, do you think like reading this that some junior pen tester out there possibly named Ralph May is going to say that the IIS default page is the top one vulnerability that this customer should be caring about? Yeah, definitely that. Is that is that like going to happen cuz I mean technically like the IIS default page is the default configuration but uh, so I think what they're saying is is that you know by default uh, a lot of these products don't have uh, security in, in mind, right? Do you think CISA watches They're, our channel and then just puts out these lists? So I believe for me, this, this was just so well, I can use them as it, arguments. It, it, yes, it, they do it specifically for you. NSA <laughs> and uh, CISA hunt. Whoa, Ralph, what is going on with your little bubbles? <laughs> what it's was that? Not, it's just if you put your do you, finger. Are you, out. Do you ha did you download like Bonzi, buddy? Like, do you have no, a virus? You have it on your side. Give a thumbs up, and you can have the fun too. No, I, I mean, we'll this. try some other gestures offline and see how much profanity filtering there is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like, to answer your question, Wade, I think CISA is, like, at a whole different level in the cybersecurity space, which is, like, just covering the bases of, like, you got to cover you, your bases, and that's if fine. You go, like, if you go as basic as they do, I guess it is, like, a good general knowledge for probably, like, 80 or 60, nah, well, I won't, I won't even say 80, probably like 70% of all oh. companies, right? Who aren't doing the basics. Well, and that's still, I think, really high. And even then, which wait, is good, like, but looking at well, the list, okay, so default configurations, okay, sure, let's take that one. Difficult to hack based on that. Improper separation, user privilege. Okay, that one, just addressing number two is a multi year business project. Yeah. Like, just addressing that. Right. Well, number yeah, three, easier to address. Number four, I mean, that's another multi-year project. And most of our most of our pen test customers do not have really effective network segmentation. Yeah, and it is very difficult because it's really hard. Yeah. Patch because management. Okay, that one's networks. easy. They're used to flat networks. I mean, we don't yeah. have ACLs on top of uh, network segmentation because that really wasn't something that was built into the architecture anyways. Right. So, Honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, you said number five is easy. I would actually contend that that's actually a really challenging thing 
to build a threat and vulnerability management program because i mean is it easy to apply a patch yes but you also have to look at the adjacent business processes the change okay, management board and all of that fun stuff to be able to get it and then you have to get the appropriate teams involved have the appropriate conversations get all the buy-in i mean when i worked for the dod the last time it took me almost three months to apply a single patch because i had to work through dev uat <laughs> and production and i had to brief all of this with at least a one-week cool down to the change review board of people who didn't know what they were talking about and that's yeah. and that's yeah, when I, you have all the data, right? Let's not even like talking about if it's you find some weird device that you then have to hunt down the person, figure it out, or like it doesn't if it's a device you don't even ever find. So right. And, but, and that's assuming they're even yeah. scanning. You know, yeah. a lot of organizations they only scan when uh I've got a uh I don't have a pet raccoon digging through my <laughs> stuff. I have a uh, 70 pound American bulldog under my table that I don't know what she's doing, but um, yeah, Gordon is here. But yeah, I mean, if some organizations, they don't ever vulnerability scan. And the ones that do, they either do it because their cyber insurance tells them, some regulatory body tells them to, or they do it quarterly for PCI. So, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. still, I, I will say, the companies we see that have good patch management are decent number companies we see with like full-on user privilege separation and all that and network segmentation is a lot smaller so, so you're right well, it's still yeah. hard but i think but, more companies are tackling it with the patch management because of the pci factor and because of like just it's more it's it's been a basic thing for like 10 plus years so i think companies are finally catching up to it i, I we, think where this list actually comes more into play uh the list itself is, is something that when i saw it i'm just like well, duh, these are just basic hygiene things. But when you actually look at the advisory itself from CISA and not on Bleeping Computer, where they go into the details section, the details section is where the meat of it is. Yeah. And it really gets into some real good stuff that you can use. Part of the problem that people have is that your exec the executive boards and other departments don't buy into what we are telling them. Here right. is the U.S. government saying, here's how it is, and this is why how it is in a detailed format, which is why I said earlier, it's political fodder for you. Totally. It's, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's also it's good. A chance yeah. for, it's a chance for you, you to go ahead and say, see, this is what the, what we've been saying is right. This is what the government says we need to do. Now if, let's sit down and plan it out. If you, look at, if you look at the report, right, the report actually has, I will give them, this is awesome. That actually has MITRE attack codes in it. Right. And it actually has them hyperlinked out. Oh, the, the good PDF, attacks right? don't get miter attack anyway. Yeah, that, that I'll get. I'll give you that. But then, come on, and they, like they also bring I, their receipts. They've got fifty-four references cited here as well. Yeah. So hell it, yeah. They I are, mean, the report is at least good at well. that point. It's oh, vague, but reports it's are good. the best. I mean, honestly, as a pen tester, I've talked about this to a few different people. I was at B sides PDX last weekend talking about this with uh, Jeff McJunkin, but uh, the the. CISA has given me so much like peace of mind as a pen tester because they've defined what the low like here's the baseline. <laughs> what the low is like, <laughs> basically like seriously here's the low bar of like we know what CISA considers a pen test okay we know this because they offer it as a service for free to select customers or select entities so now we also know what CISA is defining as like the top 10 things that you need to worry about. And I can use this as a baseline when I go to customers, like Mike said, political fodder. I can say, here, of these 10 CISA things, you have two. Please 
help me help you. Like, how are we going to address this? How are we going to close these gaps? So, um, how bad do you want me to? How bad? How bad do you make want me to make you sound in the report so that you a don't get fired, but b uh, someone in a high enough position reads this and decides to give you the budget to actually solve the problem that you've been complaining about for weeks. Yes. In some cases, yeah. Here's the other thing, is that I, I see them doing this like what OWASP does with their yeah. top 10 Yeah, OWASP list. top 10, and yeah, just, totally. and just And just continuing, and we'll see over time how much that changes. Like with OWASP, we know it's not going to change. People, things will just adjust up They've and down. They've added more. But They've added, like, now they have the API top 10, you know, yeah, they have other top yeah. 10. And like how... And they, uh, had to, they had to do that because they, nothing could break into the original top 10 that they had. Right, there. because still SQL injection, look at right. move it, etc. Yeah. Right. And I mean, <laughs> you've still got, like, the Center for Internet Securities, um, uh, 20 things. You've, you used to have the Treacherous 12 with the Cloud Security Alliance, mm -hmm. or you know, the notorious nine or whatever, everybody's got a list. And I think this may be actually, you know, to your point, I do believe it's giving off those same vibes, but coming from the federal government, I think that it may actually be a good situation. I mean, I, I see net good coming from this, honestly. Yes. And unlike yes, this, agreed. you can actually read it and understand it. Right. Yep. Well, I mean, if you have insomnia really bad, you can read NIST documents as well. I mean, if you if you um, ask a customer to go and read the NIST password guidelines and come up with an answer, it's going to be a different answer every time. Like, they're going to come back with different res results. They're like, so wait, how, how often do we have to change passwords? Once every one year? Once every two years? Once every... How, how, where am I? Who am I? That's why you got to. That's why you got to take a dartboard on site and just tell them to throw a dart. And whatever the dart hits, that's the answer. If the dart have an have a dartboard with every account and just throw a dart every day and whatever account that hits, you got to reset that password. That works for me. <laughs> I, I like the danger of that too. Hey, we just hit board. a service principal account. Do it. <laughs> it's the uh, curb TGT account. Still do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, all the time. There's man. two things that I like about about this, and and one of them was kind of covered, but I, the phrase I always use when I'm I'm teaching is it's the reading rainbow moment. It's when LeVar Burton goes, well, don't take my word for it. And then they show the books and the kids reading from the books. That's what this is. It's it's written right here. It's written in a book. I like it. Sky, right? Sissa says the reading rainbow of cybersecurity. Wow. We need wow. Jason get on a shirt. We need a shirt. <laughs> no. need a shirt. Okay. Some, yeah. Go. Can we make? Yeah. Can we make I like a? Uh, let me get on Okay. The one problem is that Sissa doesn't really have like a spokesperson. Like, can we get a Levar Burton for for Sissa? And who would it be? Take a look. It's in a it's in a Sissa book. What what Smoky Bear? I mean, I that's not. I mean, I would like that. Only you can prevent forest breaches. Oh, yeah. I'm already on chat GPT. Hang on. Mm -hmm. I, Look, I'm, right I'm behind already... me, only you can prevent breaches, right? So right. maybe oh. we already made it with... Uh, well, he, kind of I mean, so keep, cool it, you got one keep of those in mind two. that uh, AD does use the term forest. So. Yeah. Mm. A forest I, fire is just a ransomware attack. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the other, okay. All right. All right. That's oh, enough on this article. No, 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 uh, one, that's, one last that's, thing. No, no, no. Don't let him get it in. Oh, Let's oh, just go. <laughs> in all seriousness, the the other thing that's good from this, and what I want people to walk away from, is it's not just the hey, look, the the government said to do it. Let's take it a step further. If you are sued, if you are brought into civil action, your company, and they say you did not do due care or due diligence for this. And you go back and you say, not only did we, but here are the documents from the NSA and CISA that say, these are the things that are the top misconfigured things. And we 
fixed those and we review those, what they are looking for in those lawsuits are something that's called due care. Are you doing what a competent professional in your field, in your role would do? And the more we have organizations that come out and give something like this that then uh, legal teams can use to defend their stance, the more actual support you're going to get internally. Because now the legal team's saying, yeah, if you if you do this, uh, it's much easier for me to defend lower costs on cyber insurance. It's much easier for me to defend after a breach and to say that we did what a competent professional would do. So don't think of it just as, oh, the government said to do it. Loop in your legal teams, loop in the leaders and say, if we do this, we have a better defense when the bad things happen, not just that it will stop them. So, so I, I got to I got to like respond to this because Ian's 100 percent right. However, I just want to give some people some news that if that's the length it takes to get security spending in your organization, get a different job. Uh, you're, yeah. <laughs> Corey's also correct. I mean, like, no, I understand. I'm not I'm partially joking because I know that people are in the trenches doing everything they can. And that's awesome. But if it takes that level of throat choking and the government said to do it is the only reason you can get network segmentation. You have a case of the uh, the hackables. I don't know. <laughs> the hackables. <laughs> hackables. I've got the hackables. Is it right. true? Yeah. Hackables coming from anti-siphon training this June. <laughs> <laughs> hackables. Collect them all. Okay. Uh, Collect them all. Yeah. All right. What's next? Similar to the Expendables. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's Maybe next? The, the Marvin. The, you want to talk about the QR codes? I, yeah, I want to talk about QR codes. I want to know how you guys, how you guys, if you guys use them. How? I do. You do? Oh, well, I know oh, you do. Okay, so hold on. We got to level set with some terminology. For everyone that doesn't know, we're, these are ironic terms. No one actually uses them in day-to-day -day speech, but it's called quishing, and the emails are called quiches. <laughs> <laughs> does that mean that, does that mean if you're sending the emails, is that called keistering? Uh, no, it's called no, no, that is not. That's uh, I had to do it. I had to do it over the end. Uh, it would be queistering if anything. Queistering. That's even worse. So, so yeah, um, for anyone, before, we so or I wandered us into the rough. Let's get back onto the fairway <laughs> golf metaphor because I'm a middle manager. Uh, basically, um, <laughs> QR code phishing is here and it's here to stay. We had all, multiple customers asking us, is this happening? Uh, we said, yes, it's happening. We've, there have been multiple organizations. I believe some government organizations have been hit with this. It's a very simple attack and that's why it works. Th those are the attacks we're seeing nowadays. That's what the MGM attacks are. That's what these, so quiches, uh, or quishes, or I, I don't really know how to describe it, but. Essentially, it's QR code phishing. So I send you an email. It either has an image of a QR code or it has a PDF with a QR code. You scan the QR code on your phone because it says you're going to win an Amazon gift card. I got it. And, yeah. and then you scan the code on your phone, which, by the way, your phone doesn't have EDR. It doesn't have proxy. It doesn't have any of the security controls that were been defined in an organization. Yep. Unless you're Wade, because he uses uh, Android Cali NetHunter as his phone. Mm, it's um, really but but sure. basically, you've now and then you sign into Office 365 or you sign into Okta or whatever, and um, we've stolen your credentials. We've stolen your browser session, and uh, you just got quiched. Quiched. It's also so. This is kind of a convenience thing. Uh, I. Um... Uh, went to B-Sides in Orlando this weekend. And when you sign up 
for uh, a ticket there, they also send you a QR code, right? Sure. Um, and when you go to check in, they scan that QR code, right? So it's just like these QR codes are more of like a convenience thing, okay? So more and more people are getting accustomed to receiving QR codes for lots of different reasons, right? So um, getting them, but it does also bypass uh, email filtering because I'm not sure if PrePoint yeah is reading QR that's, codes. That's what well, I was going to yeah. say, is how uh, yes. do we secure well, they should. Them, they right? will be able to. They, they, I, I guarantee not, you, by the time the show goes live, they'll be doing it. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. I've actually, been, I've actually been dealing with this for a while now. We were actually testing a couple of, uh, not Proofpoint, but a couple of the competitors for Proofpoint, uh, one that's very highly rated, which I'm not going to promote anything would I right paint now. My face, would I paint my face white and be getting out of <laughs> yeah, a box? But I have to get the tattoo. <laughs> <if you don't laughs> but they, uh, I have seen some of the companies out there as we've been testing for a third-party email filter able to go ahead and diagnose and grab them. Yeah, I have seen it already yeah. out there. It's completely possible. Right. Um, oh. I've got two products that I've already tested that both of them do it. I'm waiting for a POC on the third one that we're working on right now. Or, but it's we'll an emerging threat. Now, and on the other, on the other hand, now on the other hand, and I will shame them. Microsoft does not, even though they say they do. Mm. Yeah, I will shame them flat out. I'm currently working on a bypass for that those scanners. It's perfect. It's a it's a win versus win. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, so okay. I, yeah. I already wrote a detection for that. So uh, in the private chat, I shared a link to a GitHub repo for a tool I just threw together last week called Queller uh, that basically um, you can use it as a pre-processing for your um, email. Uh, I don't have the connections written. You just have to uh, put the connection there and then connect it to whatever threat intel providers you want. But it already detonates and gets the QR code out for you as long as it's you know the right the right file type yes it should it should be possible it's just one of those things it's like a lot of other phishing techniques that still work they work because they're either trivially they're they're too computationally intensive to get to or because they um like interfering with them would interfere with the qr code itself so basically in this case let's say your proof point we're sitting down at the table we're the vendor uh we want to block qr codes and emails Okay, uh, day one. No one got their invites for the PD, uh, the you know B sides con that we we're all going to attack attend. Uh, you can't. It's hard to just block them outright. So what you have to do is take them, decode the URL, sandbox it, and to set make a decision on it. That is computation computationally intensive, and yeah. that's why it hasn't been done before. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, basically, uh, quiches are quiches are going to be here to stay at least for the short term. Um, do, you, do you guys want, want to know a fun fact? We looked this. I looked this up this weekend. You know what the biggest QR code you can make is? What is like that? the max data? It's like data, data or size? size. size. Well, so that that the there's a correlation between the two. One point right? five billion dollars. <laughs> it's Wait, like no. it's it's like three feet by three feet. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so like, That's no. actually not as big as I would have guessed. Yeah, so, like you can make. Oh no! It's it. Yeah. No, no, not three feet. Three meters. I'm sorry. Three, oh, three meters meter. by three meters. Oh, that's like nine. Are you? What are you? NASA getting unit conversion up in <laughs> here? <laughs> so yeah. I mean, anyway, what Ryan, you have to skydive to scan that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <You> would. <laughs> and I'm terrified of heights, so I'm safe. No, that's how I'm going to do the base 64 encoding for this URL. <laughs> if you see a blimp with a, UR, a QR code, definitely scan it. Definitely well, scan well, it. And see, that's that's the other thing with this, right? So. 
we were talking uh, in the last episode I was on it about the WebP vulnerability, mm-hmm. which is a um, an image type. QR codes are sent as images. So now you've got a double zinger that you could get right there in somebody's inbox. If if they don't fall for the uh, QR code, well, they'll just get slapped with the web. What if, what if you, right, you sent them an ASCII? QR codes in ASCII are yeah, that's exactly. I was googling how to how to do them in ASCII right oh, now. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, and it's it's yeah, it's a, it's a long process. I'm sure it's uh, a long process. I found a couple of tools and repos doing it already. So uh, who knows if they actually work? This one's pretty old. But that was my first thought. Before we look at that, I do want to point out this this link that I sent to Ryan. He's got up on the screen here. This is one of my absolute fate, and because I'm in Florida, it just thrilled me to no end. This was back a while ago. Vmyths printed out the iCar text string, and in Florida, for those that don't know, they've more or less switched away from like an ePass SunPass. You can still have them, but most you can just do pay by plate. So the mm-hmm. the the scanners that exist on all the toll roads, he's like, I'm going to put this on there and let's see if they parse it like that and just drove down uh-huh. the toll roads to see if the iCar. It's a new injection okay. attack. Yeah, I uh, just it made me so happy. It just made <laughs> I me mean, so do we do we need to so talk about the license plate null and why you shouldn't don't want that license plate? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we talked about that on the show. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like uh, this is how you have fun and have a fun defcon talk but you have to give it to years later because you're in jail <laughs> yeah because the guy the sheriff that comes to your door doesn't know what injection attacks are or why what icar is or why it's funny he just knows that your address came up and well, now it's even worse warrant. than that with that one if you remember uh so what what cory's talking about is somebody put null on there as their driver's light uh, no that was their license tag. plate yeah. yeah their tag on their car and when the ocr cameras would interpret something as a toll violation or you know speeding well, they paid the parking they what the ma- the mistake they made is they paid a parking ticket so they got the they got the thing null then they got a parking ticket mm-hmm. right now nothing bad was happening right then they paid the parking ticket and then the system associated all the future parking tickets <laughs> that null. came for null to them specifically which was any plate they couldn't read which is thousands and thousands, thousands. Yeah. So yeah. and then they could, yeah, thousands so, of parking tickets, and they're showing up like you're, you're a serial violator. Like a f- the article reads, like ha 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 ha. Oh oh oh, that's not good. Ooh. Like you know, they couldn't re-register their vehicle because there was too many unpaid parking tickets. <laughs> I think they basically were like, I'm out. Like I, I'm going to collections because I, I messed up. <laughs> Sorry. I, I but still I, got a defcon talk out of it i guess so good, good for, I, that's I one way to purchase and a now i am talk. fo'd um oh god yeah you fo'd all right speaking of that uh let's talk about marvin attack what, what, what is this marvin, is marvin some kind of robot marvin the marsh is it is it a martian or what is it so this is uh 25 year old decryption flaw i feel like this flaw is older than most security analysts at this point oh basically discovered in 1998 still widely impactful today uh, allows potentially to decrypt ciphertexts forge signatures decrypt sessions who's using rsa i thought we were on quantum lightsaber crystals mm-hmm. or whatever uh that came out <laughs> crystal fiber and crystal style yeah like I everyone uses it's so good it's almost as good as the real thing mm. 
All right. So what's this flaw then? I mean, it doesn't have a CVE, so you know it's extra spicy. Mm. And it's been valid. I mean, there's there, so there's a bunch. There's uh, a bunch of flaws. Um, the Marvin attack specifically is they have a page. They have a Q&A section. Um, Ooh, that's a nice. red hat, oh, red hat oh, thing. Oh, um, they have I'll a logo the song. Mm, no, they need you for that, though. I linked it. People.redhat.com slash hcario slash Marvin. And they even said the previous comprehensive attack was called Robot. So Done. it's named after Hitchhiker's huh? Guide. Um, okay, so what do we need to worry about here? Like, I don't... Do we just need to upgrade and move on with our lives? Is it a configuration issue? I think the reason they're publishing it is because, like, it hasn't really been... <laughs> so, so we gotta hear how do we fix it the, while we yeah, can't the, the, this is the answer and this is why it's really this oh. is why it doesn't get cves yeah is there a cve for the marvin attack no it's a fundamental flaw in rsa decryption it has been widely known that padding errors need to be handled in constant time because of the complexity of implementing it in practice every implementation will have a different bug and a different fix so basically if you didn't roll your own crypto and you used rsa instead you're still in trouble so okay. I guess like the, the actual upshot helpful advice for the listeners is wait for the patch to come out for whatever thing you use that uses RSA and then apply it just like everything else. I right. mean, it is the CISA top four thing you should be doing or top five thing you should doing. So, I, I, you know, you're applying those patches <laughs> hot, hot and spicy. <laughs> Ooh, so hot, so spicy. So I guess this is why you should pay for Linux. I don't even know what to do with this. Like I'm staring at it, like oh, uh, okay. It's math, math and cryptography. It's and really hard, stuff. actually. Well, if you don't encrypt your stuff, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's one way to do it. That's one way. To or do just it. don't use RSA. I don't. How's that possible? Um, well, it's simple. You just elliptic curve. <laughs> yeah, elliptic curve. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, like I feel like RSAs should be deprecated here now soon, anyway. So. Yeah, it'll be around segways, for a long time but this one's 25 years old so maybe it'll stick around <laughs> speaking of the mathy article that, that, yeah. that was too that was too mathy yeah speaking like of crypto that, there's like one more the articles as long as it's like here's exactly what it can do and and but the whole thing's like yeah everything's gonna be different and you're kind of screwed so so i guess they're saying that it's more like the libraries themselves and how they implemented it more than like a systemic issue with the RSA, right? It's so, it's a yeah, it's basically yeah, it's like a timing issue implementation. With yeah, it's basically. I think it's one of those things where a lot of researchers have known this is a problem over time, and now someone has decided to make a cool little name for it called mm -hmm. Marvin and is mm -hmm. basically trying to get it fixed. So, got it. As we know in security, the squeaky squeaky bug gets the fix so if you don't make a sweet attack page and get a cool name then the vendors are never going to fix it so. when are they going to name a bug trevor i mean there's trevor oh, spray trevor c2 trevor, and c2. trevor c2 yeah, that's but that's more of a tool than a bug sure i'm <laughs> saying it's not like trevor hasn't been honored <laughs> we need to further honor trevor By the way, absolutely true story on saturday night I was sitting at a table with a few folks and my daughter and Joe was literally just taking these ultra realistic tiny cockroaches and throwing them at my daughter over dinner. <laughs> that was story. Is that considered nice. an APT? Yes. Yes. No, he... I, I was I was a, an MPT, moderately persistent threat. Mm. <laughs> I, I would stop from time to time to shove food in my face, but 
um, to to make it sound a little bit more palatable. Uh, Ian's daughter was all about the fake cockroaches. She so was. it wasn't like I was grossing Ian's oh, yeah. daughter out or harassing her. No, 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 no. However, no, I, the health inspection was the next day like, and did not go well. They thought they were real. The, the health and yeah, the waitress and the health inspector did not like it, but everyone else was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. So, okay, one more crypto article at uh, NIST, or sorry, NSA, or who's offering this bounty? Someone's offering a bounty to the first person to crack the NIST elliptic curve seeds and discover the original phrases. If they're willing to donate the, the bounty to charity, then it triples and they get $36,864. Who are. What what, what why is this the number? 12,288? Have you just, never heard of I was like, just about to say that that's probably a hint. Mm-hmm. You think it's a hint? It's probably part there's something my guess is there's something derivative in the seed or something dealing with that. Obviously, it's not a prime number, but there's something uh associated with that particular number. Um unless Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That could be a government limit. A government limit. Yeah, 12 grand is the best they can do. Uh, In crypto, that's considered to be uh, nothing because bug bounties (laughs) in crypto are like $10 million. But uh, yeah. What was the number again? What was it? 12,288. Ian's like, let me look at my bank account. Oh, that's what that wire wire transfer was. No, I was just looking to see, just searching for the number and elliptic curve to see if there was any like reference. It's like, this is how many registers there are. This is how many, you know, dots on the curve can be generated as part of this algorithm. It's also the zip code for Colony, New York. That's where the seed phrase came from. That could be actually, you know what? There's something on Stack Overflow from 2015. How to match Unicode character point 12288 using regular expression. And apparently it spits something back that says FUBAR. I feel I'm like this show thinking. is not not technologically capable of handling crypto vulnerabilities. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think we're just going to move on. Okay, you know, so so let's talk about crypto, rules of engagement you, uh, to yeah. hacktivists. Let, let's talk the Red about Cross. That. Who knew the Red Cross was going to start uh, whoa, whoa, releasing whoa, whoa. the internet? Not is it the actual Red Cross or is ICRC another organization that's just like pretending to be the Red Cross? Are they? I don't. Well, that's I don't a, that's know. A, I think that's I know this. Question. There is an international Red Cross and an American Red Cross, and I can't. But I cannot. The remember. International Committee of the Red Cross is the ICRC. Yeah, and are they is, are they legit? Why are they different? I remember there is a reason they're they're different. They, uh, I think all of the other, I think it's kind of like uh, think of it kind of like the United Nations, where they exist in multiple places, but ultimately every country's Red Cross or Red Crescent is um, sovereign and independent, but they just get together. It's kind of think of it like this: it's a it's Red like Cross ISAC. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. All right. So, for anyone not in the loop, this article is basically the ICRC, which is that committee we were just talking about, published rules of engagement for civilian hackers involved in conflicts. It basically it seems to be in response to patriotic cyber gangs that people are apparently joining. I'm not involved, but targeting mainly Allegedly. Russia. But it seems like the so, so the goal here is to essentially say. Please don't attack hospitals. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I guess it's like even a Russian hospital should still be out of scope. So here's the these are based on international humanitarian law, 
which, you know, maybe we should put these in our statements of work. I don't Geneva know. Geneva suggestions. Uh, Gen- do not direct cyber attacks against civilian objects. Okay, hard pass on number one, because everyone's a civilian, right? No worms is number two, pretty much. Like, how are you going to be like, oh, dude, this guy's Instagram. He's in the military. I knew it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do not use. So these are the rules. Do not use malware or other tools or techniques that spread automatically and damage military objectives and civilian objects indiscriminately. When planning a cyber attack, do everything feasible to avoid or minimize the effects your operation could have on c- civilians. I feel like they need to be way more specific with this. How am I going to follow this? I need like a regex I can put into my ransomware targeting <laughs> device. Like this isn't. Yeah. If I mean it's okay, if so Red Cross present why? in file, do not encrypt. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a serious kind of comment, and those who are in the military can maybe explain it better than I'm about to. But I, I do this in tabletops all the time when I ask the the companies. I say, do you know or do you have a ransomware policy, right, that you would pay? And if you do, do you know if you can even pay them? Because there are lots of these groups that if you pay them, you're actually committing international law violations. And I, I honestly... They're violating my, sanction. Yeah, sanction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're probably all sanctioned. Yeah, so <laughs> some aren't. Some you can pay, and a lot of these insurance companies know who those are. They use are. a middleman yeah. broker yeah. in a non-sanctioned country. Also true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, they uh, so they go through and do that. But the, the thing is, is I, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think it's actually a good thing to remind people that, hey, uh, you're going to be playing around with systems that, truthfully... Uh, you could be violating the Geneva Convention. You could be committing an act of war, and you don't. You think, "Oh, haha, funny! I shut down the uh, the hospital." No, that's serious stuff. And I know it shouldn't have to be spelled out, but maybe it's a good thing that it is. Well, some reactions. Uh, Killnut said, "Why should I listen to the Red Cross?" <laughs> and uh, um, uh, anonymous uh, I mean, Sudan said, "The rules are not viable, and breaking them for the group's cause is unavoidable." Um, a high-profile member of Anonymous told BBC News that it always operated based on several principles, including rules cited by the ICRC, but now has lost faith and would not be following the new rules. So, basically, what? these rules aren't being accepted. I, I mean, I will say, like, even the first one is, like, this is like a customer saying, well, what's in scope? Well, what do we have? Uh, you probably should know that before you're just defining scope. Like, civilian... Saying everything civilians out of scope, I mean, how I, how do you even go about achieving that first goal of knowing? Like, it's not like the military just publishes a list of like, <laughs> here's everyone in the military. Well, I, I, think, I, I think the point that they're making, though, is that if you do not have the intelligence capabilities to know who is a military target and who isn't, maybe don't or know that if you're going to do that, that in the end, you may have committed a war crime and you may be found, tracked and tried for that. And I, and I realize that in a lot of cases, these are, you know, countries either fighting for their own sovereignty and then and, and doing whatever needs to be done. And history is very much written by the winners. Mm. But even still, just making people aware that it's not for the lulls, like lives are in the balance when you do these things. I, th- I still think it's worth saying. I guess. I mean, I do think like I think it would hit a little harder if they gave examples of where this has actually gone wrong like that's that's I, a good point because like they're saying like don't target hospitals don't do this don't do that it's like okay i get where you're coming from but at the same time like 
me ransomwareing some random Russian grandmother's computer is not going to be like loss of life. Like it's not, oh, sure. I, I don't get like, where, where's this line they're connecting? I don't understand. So I don't know, just my thought. Yeah. Like, well, and here's, here's the other thing with it as well. Right. We gotta, we gotta think of that, this from other perspectives. While we do have things like the Geneva's convention, the Geneva convention and what have you that says you can't do the following. But when then you, when you're dealing, especially with like terrorist organizations, kind of bringing in the most current events, you know, they don't necessarily abide by those laws because, well, they're not a country. They're just a splinter group. When they start posing as hospitals and treatment facilities, that right. makes it a very fast moving target and very hard not to target them. And then, you know, you're like, oh, well, it's a hospital. I'm not going to touch it. And then next thing you know, here comes a missile from it. Right. Um, speaking kinetically. So that's something we do have to keep uh, cognizant of. Uh, it further muddies the water, but, you know, that's... I personally would not go targeting uh, a medical or a treatment facility uh, with any sort of shenanigans of this sort, but I could understand why someone possibly would. Well, what you touched I, on there is what I was saying about the intelligence capabilities. The military you know, all things being equal, we'll have the intelligence say, yeah, they're claiming that's a hospital. It's not, you know, whereas rogue hacker group operating off of, you know, whatever forum might not. I uh, mean, if it's, yeah, especially, you know, the Cheeto dust skitties that, you know, I like to make jokes about, you know, th their concept of OSINT might just be like Multigo as opposed to actually like popping into some telegram and discords and seeing what's going on. Um, and actually translating things, searching for emojis, searching in other search engines to actually conduct the validation that would be some level of sophistication. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, but I mean, even at the government, like if we're talking like country versus country, you still have to worry about the media backlash from it. Because sure. if we've seen anything, yeah. you know, how many times has Russia performed atrocities in Ukraine and then turned around and cried foul that, you know, someone else whether it be ukraine wagner us or someone else has done something uh that would violate international war crime laws as well i mean look look at what they're doing with the trafficking perspective they've trafficked children out of ukraine and now they're pointing the finger at ukraine saying mm -hmm. oh no uh ukraine's trafficking children and mel gimson's gonna make a uh mini series about it get out of here what i mean I, yeah i think it's also like I, I think they need to back it up with some real examples. I also would yeah. like to point out that there, from what I know, there aren't, there's no actual laws. Like the, there's no international laws covering like scope and hacking that I know of. <laughs> I like, um, I like playing so the devil's it's advocate like, there. With I, I guess like here, I think it's an interesting article to talk about because it's someone saying, Hey, you guys are going too far with this. But I feel like they need to give specific examples for me to really buy into it. Because, yeah. like, mm -hmm. if I go and also targeting is such a fun thing. Like, if I let's say I am Killnet and I'm just fishing everyone that lives in Russia, or if I'm fishing everyone that lives in Ukraine or whatever, it's like, okay, just because I fished you doesn't mean I'm like you're gonna die. So like, we have to it's, it's, define right. target, right? We but yeah. find all these. There's a difference between there's there. a difference between firing a missile and, and sending a phishing email. Or well, like, but 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 I, I'm gonna contend on that. Um, is there a difference? Yeah. Because we have the di we now have internet connected ICS systems um, that are not air gapped. Uh, well, that's where we need the example. 
Show me right. that would be that would yeah. be an example. But you know, I, I do want to respond to you know there are no rules for hacking, and you are correct there. But when the hacking can actually turn into something kinetic and cause a problem with a dam or a nuke plant, I don't know Stuxnet, or you know take over control of a satellite or uh, a UAV or something, then it does become kinetic. And while while a, a set of examples would be good. The problem that would come with that is if they provide a set of examples, they are giving people ideas. I, mean, I agree with you, but that's the a people, great example. The Probably people out there most... already have those ideas, though, right? Like, this has been the argument of like the cyber Pearl Harbor. It's never, it still hasn't happened yet. It, Whoever's what, the first one to happen, die from fishing, yeah, like it, it's going to be really bad, right? Like, <laughs> like, what's the escalation attempt? What is it going to take for a cyber attack to then have yes. a kinetic strike totally. because a cyber attack happened? Like, and, we haven't so seen far, that at all. It has never yet. happened. Yeah, and it has never. Yeah, I think we've gotten close with like ransomware groups, like hitting Colonial Pipeline, right? Like, they've definitely felt some heat after that with at Russia actually like saying something about it. And with the, at least cyber criminals, I yeah. think yeah, it's they don't want to. They don't want too much heat. So I would yeah. think a lot of cyber criminals will follow stuff like that. But I, I also think uh, none of the big APTs are going to launch any type of attack like this because it just becomes, uh, oh, I can't believe I can't think of the word right now, becomes mad, right? Mutually assured destruction. Because once you take that first step, someone else is going to attack and they're going to attack. Right. Just kind of like how Stuxnet did open the gate for all those attacks. I don't think it, also you I, know yeah. these like in in terms guess what? It's not like anyone's following these rules. Russia's definitely yeah. somewhere in US citizens' hospitals. Like uh, I don't know. It it seems it's it's like also knowing this organization, like they're just like, hey, stop fighting so much. Like here's the thing. If you're if you're talking about like an APT doing it, like a nation state actor, there's a certain level of diplomacy, right? Because since the beginning of time. Every country has spied on pretty much every other country. You know, that's just a fact of the matter. But the thing is, if it gets too out of control, the diplomats will get on the phone and they'll sort mm -hmm. something out and then people will get pulled back. They know because of things like the Geneva Convention and other international treaties, laws, etc., what they are and they aren't allowed to get away with. The groups that you're going to have to worry about with this will be like the rogue groups that are not affiliated with any... A, like any formal apt or nation state level group i i uh, don't even like i would say like anonymous a true blue cyber terrorist right, well, even, right. we have even, really yeah. even that, attributing right? it is impossible like even like this is why we've never had kinetic response because of cyber attacks because even just saying okay i have the missile ready to fire where do i point it that there, getting that into there's, the there's, there's one example cloud. of that there's one example <laughs> oh. of that where israel uh hit hamas and sure but they they're doing that anyway yeah they're shooting a yeah. hundred missiles I mean, a day they might as well say one of them was from a fish like i don't know <laughs> but like, i mean like, just just point it at the ip address just make sure it's not 127001 uh, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah exactly and also like when the u.s like let's say my grandma gets you know a million dollars stolen from some indian scammer or whatever it's not like the u.s is like considering it an act of war by indian civilians against uh, like P american citizens no, like but like it just happens every day that people get ransomware or people get like i don't know it just seems yeah first of all impossible to enforce and i hate to side with anonymous groups but i like it really just seems like if you're going to give us these really strict restrictions as like civilian hackers 
you got it, which I'm not a civilian hacker, but if if you're going to give us these restrictions, you have to give us examples of why it matters. Like the Stuxnet example is a good one. No one died. No one died from Stuxnet. Money was lost. Time was wasted. Devices exploded, whatever. But no one died. Like there still hasn't been someone that like their pacemaker got fished and they died. <laughs> like, you got to understand the first person that dies from a fish, I can guarantee you within 20 minutes, I will have 500 marketing emails. Stop that death and yeah, they only they had and then the iot company that put an email inbox on someone's pacemaker will be the right. same <laughs> right yeah yeah um one thing though if, if your grandmother has a million dollars is she looking for any new grandchildren right um <laughs> well i mean it, it depends on if you're trapped in an airport and need a nigerian prince mm -hmm. uh well i, I do money. have a bur i have a burner phone that i've not assigned a phone number uh to on its next run so i mean mm -hmm. i can't get the 419 I mean, you're the IRS, right? I can be. But I heard. No. Uh, I, I, I'm also the state password inspector. State password That is a very prestigious. Sounds like a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I've Joe, got a badge. Yeah, he's he's absolutely all of all of those things. You or, can or send Joe your password. He'll inspect it and see if it looks good. Actually, yeah. I've, I've bought some domains. Uh, test my password and rate my password. I've not done anything with them yet, but that's what I'm planning on doing over the uh, holiday break. I, I do want to go back to a comment that we had up on the screen for a second to kind of round out this conversation here. But and uh, Voltaire put in here, and when does a criminal ever follow the law when committing a crime? And 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 you're right. He's absolutely right. The criminals aren't concerned with the laws. So if they aren't following the law, do you think they're following the Red Cross? <laughs> yeah, certainly not. Um, you have but, to be above to Red that Cross. point. The reason we do this, the reason we have the guides, the reason we have this is so when they're caught. The defense isn't, well, was it illegal? Yeah, it was. And that's why we're here today prosecuting you. <laughs> you know, so we, right. yeah, the laws aren't there. The laws aren't there to stop a crime. The laws are there to prosecute them when they happen. And, and even then, it, a lot of the decision for prosecuting, like even doing uh, prosecution in abs uh, absentia. Yeah. yeah. Even with that, I mean, that's more of a political statement. So that's going to be more of a, against a nation state than it is some, you know, basement dweller. But, you know, a lot of times, like when I've had conversations with like law enforcement, they're like, yeah, we can take this to the U.S. attorney. But if they don't feel that it's uh, that they can uh, win the case on it, they're not going to do it. And yeah. a lot of things go through the cracks because of that reason, even though it's like all the evidence is here. Come on, let's do it. And it's like, no. Yeah. And and there are some people in the chat linking like really interesting articles on examples of people that pe news organizations have said that they potentially were deaths attributed to cyber attacks. But my only not to look at things cynically, I mean, it is New York Times, but essentially it says maybe the first death attributed to ransomware attack. They, and they I, I would basically say this, press. if we're saying that indirect deaths are are considered like attributed to cybersecurity or whatever, then you have to if you're talking about indirect, you have to factor in just the whole concept of availability and like right. not cyber attacks, but like if the system went down and the person was delayed treatment, do we attribute like IT caused the death and then we like go after the IT department and tr like charge them with murder? Like I do you go after security and be like, why didn't you prevent this attack? Now you're liable for murder. It just doesn't make like it the logic of it breaks down from my perspective when you start to really like like you know joe said prosecutors don't bring cases where they say 
oh, uh, you know, we're we're going after this person not for wire fraud and computer hacking and DMCA and all that stuff, but for murder. Like a prosecutor is going to be like, they're going to prove that someone's phishing email killed someone. Like I am, I'm interested in listening, but I've right. never. This is this would be the first of that case ever. So the article, like, so all the articles link back to an Associated Press article as well. And then in that Associated Press ar- article, it doesn't mention WannaCry. Yeah. Hmm? I don't know. I, I Basically, so yeah, it, it's, it's, let's it's just shady. Say, it, it doesn't I, read well. Like, the article it, isn't well Let's just say that no one line. is at, there's no, like, debate when, when you read an article about a death, usually they aren't debating, like, that they died. Or, <laughs> how, like, they're just like, this person was run over or shot or whatever it's like this happened it's not like this may have happened they may have been run over by a car no it's like that no they're like we we have the video it's right here i don't know it's just well difference between law and like common uh just how we perceive things like indirect is tough indirect is really tough we just went through something like that where there were a lot of people that thought a certain pandemic was completely a hoax and that the vaccine's gonna you know give you a prehensile tail that eclipses 5g or whatever it is i mean that was <laughs> and if you really go back and look at the data from deaths the number of deaths that were attributed to flu-like symptoms but never had a covid test those types of things you start debating were the numbers higher were the numbers more were the numbers different because people weren't attributing and putting things in their appropriate kind of medical bucket for what happened and i, I think that's what the argument we're going to run into here we're going to we're i'm glad you brought that up because that's going to yeah. bring up that argument on both sides of the aisle yeah yeah the yeah. underreporting and the overreporting because yep. i mean if someone like for example like when my grandmother passed away, she was positive for COVID. So on her death certificate, it says cause of death, COVID. Right. Was that the case? I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to speculate on that. But you're going to have people that are going to play the armchair quarterback game of saying, well, is this a cause of it? Or are they underreporting it? Or are they overreporting it? So honestly, we're never going to get what I would consider to be infallible, reliable, factual data about it. But, yes, but we never have. Natural causes is 10, 20 different things, right? People die of natural right. causes. It's not, there's or, no such I, thing I mean, as natural causes. Na- it's, you've yeah, got natural causes. Things. And then you've also, uh, within that same category, you know, if someone's like really old, like my grandfather, his cause of death was failure to thrive. And that's because, you know, he was 75 years old and had Alzheimer's and pretty much stopped eating. But right. that's, yeah. that's one of those, that's one of those things that like, you know, if we look at this different than like a medical diagnosis, we may be okay. But I, this is one thing that I definitely see having the potential to grow legs and being a very hot button topic, uh, subject to a lot of partisan debate on both sides of the aisle, um, mm. both good and bad, uh, foreign and domestic. Uh, um, you know, just so many. It's ripe for the disinformation. It is, I and I, it'll I know, be interesting I got, to see uh, if this evolves. Like, if if there is like, you know, a, I guess we would call it international law when it comes to like hacktivism. I mean, it, it goes without saying. By the way, we haven't really mentioned this yet, but in almost every country in the world, doing what these people are doing is illegal. Like, no matter what, even if you have a really good reason for doing it, it's still illegal. It's not like you get an exemption. I believe, and and Joe, I, you'd probably know, or someone else might. 
Wasn't there like an exemption granted to Ukrainian citizens where they basically said, if you go after this stuff, we're not going to prosecute or take these yeah. cases? Like, Oh, it so wasn't even are... Ukrainian citizens. It was pretty much well, anybody. Well, anyone in the world. Yeah. But obviously um, they can only. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I so mean, basically. You, it, yeah. yeah. But again, there are people that actually, by the way, like murder is illegal. But if you fly to Ukraine and you get involved in their warfare, like you, you can run around with an AR-15 and do some stuff and like you're not going to be prosecuted in florida or in texas or by the wherever. way it will not be an ar-15 it'll be an ak okay just that's what text. i was gonna whatever just whatever you want to do it's just to bring the kinetic discussion to full bear like yeah then people are doing it and it and it is insane and terrifying but i it's just yeah it's a crazy world out there everybody there, there are a lot of moving parts did yeah. you guys get your uh, nanites turned on from the emergency alert? I did. Uh, I did. I'm fully did. enabled now. I can see the future and the past. I'm on the millimeter I, wave uh, smooth brain frequency. I I oh. could fully connect to 5G now, so I'm I'm good yeah. on everything. I mean, Just after the emergency alert thing, uh, my cellular reception got really good, but then I thought I felt like I was growing a lizard tail. Yeah, see, my I, nothing changed for me. I went straight to Bing.com and looked up all the amazing new features of the new Office Suite and Office 365 and Microsoft Cloud, which I think you should all do as well. Wow. So this episode is sponsored <laughs> by Wild West Hacking well, Fest, Deadwood 2023. <laughs> we, are, we are totally sold out, by the way. We're sold out. No, I still yeah. have one spot left in my class. If one you want to come, you can, you can come sorry, to my class. Sorry, Wade. Yeah, the con is sold out. out. And you better if you want to sleep in your car, you can go to Wade's class. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically the town is sold out. The con is sold out. We'll be there next week. We're going to do a live episode. So stay tuned for that uh from the con is that is that is that accurate mr ian that is it, a, not only 100 percent accurate but we were just talking about it on the content piece. so yeah you want to see and this, this direct live it's gonna happen yes wait so they're you're backing out what happened no my flight arrives oh, you after will? you're done recording oh okay gotcha you won't be there for the news you will be at the wild west I, I will be there i'll be judging a trace labs competition giving a talk and doing a workshop to prepare people for said trace labs competition I Which is sold you, out because I tried you, to register. If if you want me to judge you, uh, come to the event. If you can find a way to get a ticket and be willing to sleep in your car, first, or first send in your password, first. rando. Yeah, just um, know that Joe is always like, judging us whether you're part of Trace Lab or not. <laughs> I'm in the brick wall. I, I will be judging more thoroughly and probably more fairly um, there. I, I will have a different set of judging rules, but yeah, it, it'll be worth it. And there's a mechanical bull as well and a steak yeah. dinner from what I understand. Steak dinner, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun. Stuff. We're actually just making people who don't have a ticket jealous now. So I think we should. Pull. I, I heard the hack street boys may make a they, if, surprise they are, if guest. An open mic, the hack street boys. There's an open mic. There's, there's an open mic. There's an off the record. And, dance and party, I mean, I may, so. I may have put a little pressure on Bo Bullock to finish writing the uh, music to Michael Basil Ocent Warrior, the song I wrote for him and John to perform. That is true. He did. He did push him on that. There, there honestly could be open mic and a whole guitar thing. You know, it could be wild. Yeah, and just think if people are at the open mic night too late, uh, somebody can shoot me a message on Signal or Discord, and I'll come down and sing for you and make everybody go home. Oh, that's how you make it all. Keep in. that APT in the back of our minds. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'm the pussy oh. karaoke bars pay to come in at last call. Yeah. On that, there's uh, remember, there's no news on Monday. 
since yes, those is being pushed yes. to Wednesday. We'll all be flying or doing some other activity to get ready. Do your own news at home. It's like, yeah. you know. I thought about it. I, I thought you about can't it, but get I'll your news there. online. Store-bought is fine. Just read the Discord <laughs> chat. We have news at home. No, we have news at home. This isn't news. Uh, oh. All right. What's just your dog barking? You guys ready? All right. Well, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thanks for coming. Thank you. See you at Deadwood. See you. Okay. See you all at Deadwood. We miss you, you already. Or maybe we'll see you there. See you soon. Yeah.